In our 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, chapter 22 of Religious Worship and the Sabbath Day, paragraph 1 says, The light of nature shows that there is a God who hath lordship and sovereignty over all, is just, good, and doth good to all, and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted in, and served with all the heart and all the soul and with all the might. And then the writers of the confession say there, but the acceptable way of worshipping the true God is instituted by himself and so limited by his own revealed will that he may not be worshipped according to the imagination and devices of men nor the suggestions of Satan under any visible representations or any other way not prescribed in the Holy Scriptures and so the way we are to worship God is the way God has prescribed in his word we do not worship God according to our own imaginations we do not worship God according to our own uh, made up devices we worship God the way he is prescribed to us in the scriptures now let me throw to you a question as we uh, begin here what is worship you are a worshiper you worship God what what is the meaning of the word worship? This is where you raise your hand and answer the question. <laughs> yes. To ascribe worth to something okay that's a bit ambiguous because <laughs> my bible has worth costs money uh, do i worship it substantiate <laughs> the highest one okay to ascribe the highest worth to okay someone else worshipers come on what is worship Clear throat. And talk some kid. No. To show adoration. Okay. <laughs> True. 
any anyone or anything else Yeah. Uh, both answers somewhat define what worship is, but I guess worship is only to the Most High God. Okay. There's nothing else we can worship. Okay. So when we define worship, it's unto God alone. So if it's adoration, showing adoration or uh, ascribing worth, the highest worth to, it's to God. <clears throat> the adoration is to God. The basic meaning of worship is to bow before or to fall down to. So uh, when we say we are worshiping God, we are essentially saying we bow before God. We fall down before God. So the basic uh, act of Worship is bowing. So when people have their idols, what do they do? They have it at a place like here. They every day come there and they bow to worship someone or something is to bow before, to fall down before it. Now, it's, it, 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 it goes uh, an extra mile than just the physical bowing before to the way we live. And so in the way we live with the things and the people around us, uh, we may or may not bow before them or fall down before them. And so there are people who worship money. Of course, it doesn't mean that they have a stack of notes and then they come there and bow before it but the way they relate with their riches or their resources shows whether they are bowing before it whether they ascribe high the highest worth to to their things and therefore uh, 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 the determinant of what we worship is uh, how much we bow before whatever we worship. And so to God, we bow before Him. We fall down before Him, uh, uh, not only physically lying down prostrate or, or bowing our heads before Him, but also in the way that we live our lives. Now, worship uh, also means that we show complete and utmost devotion to something so when we say we worship god we are saying that our complete devotion our utmost devotion is to god alone my utmost devotion is not to my wife uh, my utmost devotion is not to my family members my utmost devotion my complete devotion is to god alone and therefore we worship uh, we we can rightly say that we worship. So to worship is to bow before, to uh, 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 fall down before, to uh, 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 to show utmost complete devotion to, and in this case it's to God, because God is the sovereign of our all. God is the supreme King of our all. 
And so there's a difference between how we worship everywhere else and how we worship in the church publicly. So when we gather together for worship, like we do every Sunday, there's a difference be, 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 be between how we worship when we gather and when we are at home maybe or when we are, when we are out, out there not gathered with the people of God. So when we are thinking about this concept of worship, uh, I'd like to address it in these two ways. In a general way where we worship God all the days of our lives out there uh, in, in our work in our responsibilities and two in a specific way the way we worship God when we are gathered as his people and so there are two subheadings there number one the general way of worshiping God the general way of worshiping God so when we are talking about a general way of worshiping God this is not is not limited to the gathering of God's people alone so the general way of worshiping God uh, is it's not only when we are gathered like this but it's, it's a reference to the way we worship God when we are at home when we are at work when we are walking when we are out there I'd like to direct you to a couple of passages go with me to John chapter 4 verse 24 Someone read John 4.24 So we see there uh, God God gives direction of how he should be worshipped. So, even though there is a specific way that we worship God when we are gathered, even when we are out there at home, at school, at work, doing whatever we may be doing, God tells us how we are to worship him. And we read there that those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So God is to be worshipped the way he has said he is to be worshipped. Um, let me just give a small or a short explanation of, of what it means to worship God in spirit and truth. Um, Worshipping God in spirit and truth. Spirit there uh, is not the Holy Spirit because it's a small s if you have a good translation. Uh, worshiping in spirit is worshiping God with our, uh, with all our being, with, uh, with our innermost being. Our worship ought to come from the heart. It ought to be genuine. It it ought to be uh, a, a worship that is from the heart, from deep within. We are to worship the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul. And therefore it comes from within. That's what it means to worship in spirit. Now, of course, it's not possible for you to worship God genuinely from the heart uh, with your whole heart and your whole soul if the Holy Spirit has not converted you, right? And so for you to be able to worship God in spirit, you must be a Christian. 
otherwise it's not possible for you to worship God the way he ought to be worshipped. Then to worship God in truth means that we worship him in light of his word. And um, because his word is truth. We read in John 17 that uh, Christ prays for his, his people, his disciples, uh, all over the world that God should sanctify them with the truth for the scriptures, the word of God is truth. So, so we see there that those who worship God are, are given a specific way of worshiping God. And this is with our whole heart and our whole soul in spirit and uh, in light of what God has revealed to us in the scriptures, uh, in truth. And so we see there that every Christian should worship God uh, everywhere and every time. So this is not limited in scope, what Jesus is saying here to the Samaritan woman. When he says that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth, he's, uh, he's, he's essentially saying that every Christian should worship God. And those who worship God, worship him every time. The, ti the, the time of worship is, is not limited in scope. We are to worship God everywhere and every, every time. If you look at the context, you will see that uh, uh, the worship that Jesus is referring to is not limited to a place because the Samaritan woman is saying, we worship God uh, uh, in the mountains. Uh, Jesus is saying, Jews worship God in Jerusalem, in temples. But now those who worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. And so it's not limited in, in scope. Um, Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Someone read Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28. <clears throat> Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire yeah so so we see there again God tells us how we are to worship him even though there's a general way of worshiping God when we are at home when we are at school when we when we uh, uh, are working or doing whatever there is a way that God is to be worshiped and, and, and he says here that we are to worship God acceptably. We are going to consider how to worship God acceptably. But then the way we do this is with reverence and awe. God says that when we are worshiping him, it should be fearful worship, um, uh, reverential worship, awful worship, full of awe because of who God is and so how we are to worship God is generally explained to us we are told how we are to worship God and the general way of worshiping God is given it is in spirit and in truth as we've read in John 4 24 it is with reverence and awe as we read here in in Hebrews uh, 12 28 
Now let me uh, indulge some more here. Go to Romans twelve. Romans twelve. You see, you're to worship God all the days of your life. You're to worship God as a Christian everywhere, every time. And that's just, that's the general way of worship. The Christian is a worshiper. And therefore, when we sing, we do not call it time for worship. Because worship is not singing. Singing is worship, but worship is not necessarily singing. When we sing, we worship God. And so, we, we worship God everywhere. The Christian is a worshiper. So, in Romans 12, in Romans 12, we read there, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And so, we are told there that there is a way to worship God. And the way to worship God is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is our, our spiritual worship. And then we are told not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. Again, the way to worship God is given to us in a general way. Not to be conformed to the patterns of this world um, but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And so God is to be worshipped everywhere, every time, by every Christian in that general sense. Um, wherever we are, we are worshipping God. We are, we, 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 we are reverencing God. We are bowing before God in our actions, in our thoughts, in our attitudes in the songs that we sing, in whatever we do, the Christian ought to be worshipping God. That's the general way of worshipping God. Number two, like us to see the specific way of worshipping God. And so in the general way of worshipping God, we've seen that this is not limited to the gathering of God's people. We do not only worship God when we are gathered like this. And that's what I've been laboring to show you in the general way of worshipping God. Number two, we have a specific way of worshiping God and this is not necessarily true of, of, of every place that we are in because the way we worship God when we are gathered is specifically given us by God in his word um, and so the context here is of public worship when I say there's a specific way of worshiping God I'm referring to our gathered worship every Sunday and as we gather as God's people like yesterday or um, or or on Fridays when we when we come for fellowship so go with me to Matthew passage that we've considered for a couple of weeks now Matthew 18 Matthew 18 verse 20 someone read for us Matthew 18 verse 20 
Okay, so we see there <coughs> uh, the context is of, a, of, of the church. We have a brother who's uh, sin, sinned against you and the way you're to, to, do, to deal with this is you're to go to them, tell them they're wrong, tell them they're sin, tell them to repent. If they do not, take another brother, um, take one or two others along with you. Jesus gives us the prescription of how we are to go about this. If they do not listen even to the witnesses that you brought, bring it to the church. And so the context, uh, 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 the context in which Jesus is saying that where two or three are gathered in my name is the context of a church. It's not, <laughs> it's not where me and Simon are gathered outside there at Sasa. Uh, that's what it's referring to. Where two or three are gathered is in the context of a local assembly, local gathering of God's people. And we are told that there, God is present. And so, uh, uh, we, 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 we see here that there is a specific way of worshipping God when the people of God are gathered. And the reason is um, Christ is especially present when peop- the people of God are gathered. Even though God is present everywhere, He is present special, in a special way when His people are gathered. And He says there that where two or three are gathered in My name, there I am among them. And so, when the people of God are gathered, worshipping God is a bit different or more specific in the gathered assembly of God's people. So I'd like you first of all to understand that um, before we consider how to worship God accept, acceptably, acceptably in, in the church or outside there. So Matthew 18.20 gives us the reason why it is different. And the reason is the Lord is in a special way present in the midst of his people. The Lord Jesus Christ is present with us here in a special way um, because we are his people because we are gathered as his church go with me to Exodus chapter 3 and this is this is this is a proof text just so that if there is anyone who may be um, opposed to the idea that when the people of God are gathered they are to worship God in a specific way that God has prescribed so does 3 verse 1 to 6 helps us someone please read Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 
the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, say, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. And the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Yeah, so, so there are a couple of things that this passage gives us in terms of uh, theology. There are a lot of theological concepts from that short passage. And then I'd just like us to consider uh, one that relates to worship. See that God is present everywhere, right? He is omnipresent. And therefore, uh, someone might argue, uh, because God is present everywhere, isn't everywhere holy ground? without our sandals. Right? But that's not the case. And this passage tells us that God can be present in a particular place in a special way. And so, even though God is present everywhere, here in this burning bush, God is present in a special way. So even though it's not like the place where Moses was standing, standing on before he, ne- he neared the burning bush, uh, God was not there. But then here, near the burning bush, where the bush is, because God is there, God prescribes how Moses is to approach him. And so he says, Moses is to remove his sandals. And so we see from that passage that even though God is present everywhere, um, he is in the church present in a special way. We've just read Christ saying, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And because he is there with us in a special way, we are to take off our dirty sandals when we come before him. We are not to approach him the way we think or the way we want. With our own ideas, we've just read there in the confession that we do not worship God according to the imaginations of men, you know, according to the devices of men. We, we do not worship God the way we think, ah, this is a good way of worshiping God, let's do it. No. When we approach God, we are to approach God acceptably, the way He requires us to approach Him. So there is a way that God has given as an acceptable way of approaching Him. There is a way that God has given of how we are to approach Him, how we are to come before Him. Now, before I just finish there, go with me to first, first Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 15. Someone read first Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15. 14 and 15. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. I hope to come to you soon, but I'm writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know 
how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and batteries of the truth. So notice there that the Apostle Paul says that the church is the household of God. It belongs to God. The church doesn't even belong to us, my dear brethren. The church belongs to God. He is the owner. Therefore, he has the prerogative. He, he, has, the, uh, he has the special right to determine how he is to be worshipped when his people are gathered. Notice there also in that verse that there is a way to behave in the household of God. It says, if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. And so there is a specific way of worshipping God. Before I move on to how we are to, to, to worship God acceptably, uh, I'd like to take questions. Is, is there anyone that has a question or a comment regarding uh, what we've just considered? So under uh, this big umbrella of worship, we've seen that number one, there is the general way of worshipping God. And then number two, we've seen that there is a specific, a specific way of worshipping God. But then, um, how do we generally worship God and how do we specifically worship God? Our worship ought to be regulated by God in his word. And so we refer to this as the regulative principle of worship. The way we worship God is not in a normative way. So let me just explain those two things. There's a regulative way of worshipping God, the regulative principle of worshipping God, and then there is a normative way of worshipping God. The normative way of Worshipping God says uh, we can worship God the way we want so long as the Bible has not said it is wrong. We can worship God the way we want so long as the Bible has not said it is sin. The regulative principle on this other side says we should only worship God the way he has prescribed in his word. Now we as Trinity Reformed Baptist Church prescribe to the regulative principle of worship. We believe that there is a regulative principle of the church. That at the, the, the church should worship God the way God has said uh, he should be worshipped. Not more, not less. We are not to add things to what God has said. We are to do when we are gathered to worship him um, and so then we refer to this as a regulative principle of worship because uh, it ought to be regulated by God in his word we've of course seen that God is the one that determines how we are to worship him even, even when we are worshipping at home or at school or at work Every day of our lives, 
God is the one that determines how he is to, to be worshipped. He's the one that has the uh, uh, right, the special right to de- determine how he is to be worshipped. So, again, number one, general way of worshipping God accept- acceptably. Number one, the general way of worshipping God acceptably. So, we are to, uh, you know, under this, I'll give three uh, points that we are to worship God alone. We are to worship God in spirit and truth. We are to worship God with reverence and awe. We are to present our bodies as living sacrifices, not being conformed to this world. So, from Exodus 20. Go with me to Exodus chapter 20. We see that we are to worship God alone. Exodus 20 verse 4 to 6. The Bible says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Let's let's begin at verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth and the fourth generation to those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Now you see there, God is the only one who is to be worshipped. So you're not to worship any other God. God alone is to be bowed down before. That's what we mean when we say worship. God is the only one that we, sh- that we should uh, uh, give our complete devotion. Show our utmost devotion it's only god we are not to have any other gods we are not to make a carved image of anything or any likeness that is in heaven above or the earth beneath anywhere we are to worship god alone number two we are to worship him in spirit and truth this is what we read in john 4 24 god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth Therefore, God requires that the way we worship Him is with our our whole being, our whole heart, our whole soul, everything that is within us. With 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 everything that is within us, and so the there is a song that is is liked. I don't know if it's by Michael W. Smith, which says that Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I am awake, have your way in me. We are to worship God like that. With every breath that we take, with every moment that we are awake, in spirit, with our whole soul, our whole heart. And in truth, we are to look at what God's word says about him, his attributes, his character, and worship him in light of that. That's what it means to worship him in truth. 
to worship him as he has revealed himself in the scriptures. Number three, we are to worship him with reverence and awe. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28, as we read, God says that the way he is to be worshipped, because he is a consuming fire, we are not to joke around. And so I submit to you here that God is not your daddy. God is our father. There's a whole, uh, there's a big difference, whole lot of difference between those two concepts. The concept of daddy is a concept of uh, a child who can play around their father and come around them and do all sorts of, of funny, funny things and jokes. The concept of father is the concept we have in our African culture, thankfully. When we approach the elderly, uh, if you are the way you greet someone is like this, right? And you stand. If you if you if you if you if it's your father, if it's someone who's in, in authority, if it's an elderly person, the way you greet them and you show reverence, you are to worship God with reverence, is if you're seated. When they greet you, you stand and you shake their hand like this. And there's a sense in which you kind of are bowing, showing reverence. God is to be reverenced. He is to be uh, worshipped with reverence and awe. Because God is a consuming fire, the way we go to Him is with our faces um, uh, prostrate. God is so holy that the cherubim and the seraphim hide their faces from looking at him and therefore the way we are to worship God is with reverence and awe. We do have a privilege of going to God as our father but then we are not to mistake make no mistake God is not to be worshipped just the way you think you should you see even our concept of fatherhood is subject to the fall right? Everything has been tainted by sin. So even the way we think of our fathers and our relationship with them cannot be compared with the way we relate with our heavenly father. Number four, we are to worship God by presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, not being conformed to this world. And, and this, we, this we've read in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And so this is, this is a this is a general, general way of worshipping God. The way you worship God everywhere, every time. This is how you are to worship Him. You are to worship God alone. You are to worship Him in spirit and truth. You are to worship Him with reverence and awe. You are to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Realizing that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, you are not to serve sin. And in your quest to battle and kill sin, you worship God as a living sacrifice. You're not, to, you're not to follow every single pattern that the world comes up with. You're not to be conformed by, uh, to the, to the uh, patterns of this world. Romans 12 verse 2. Then, so under how we are to worship God acceptably, we've seen that there's a general way of worshipping God acceptably. 
Number two, there's a specific way of worshipping God acceptably. So essentially, I'm only giving you two points in, in, in this class. The general way of worshipping God and the specific way of worshipping God. I have made a case for generally worshipping God and specifically worshipping God. And now what I'm doing is I'm giving you the how to worship God generally and how to worship God specifically. So number two, the specific way of worshipping God acceptably. When we are gathered for worship, we are for public worship like today. We are to ask ourselves, what are the elements of worship? You know, when you, when you go to church, when you enter into any gathering of believers on Sundays, maybe when you go home, the question that should be on your mind as a Christian is, what are the elements of worship and are these elements present in this worship service? And so there are four things that should not lack or that the scriptures prescribe to us as the way to worship God. Nothing more, nothing less. Number one, we are to read and expose the scriptures. We are to read and expose the scriptures. Go with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Someone read that for us. themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship in the and, and <coughs> sorry and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers so we see there that the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and so that is a an unnegotiable element in the public worship of God by his people. We are to read and expose the scriptures. We are to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Go with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 5. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears... They will accumulate for themselves teachers who suit, uh, teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded and you are suffering 
do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. And this is how the church should look like. This is what Timothy should do in the gathered presence of God's people. He is to preach the word. He is to rebuke, reprove, exhort. He is to teach. Therefore, the word of God is central in public worship. A specific way of worshiping God acceptably. Number one, reading and expositing, exposing the scriptures to the people of God. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 13. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 13. Someone read that. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. So you see there, Paul again instructing Timothy on how the church should conduct itself. Remember in 1 Timothy 3, 15, he is already told Timothy that the church is the household of God. There is a way you are to behave in the household of God. He's telling him here, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. And the word devote there is, is the same word used They devote in, in, in Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so then we devote ourselves to the public reading of the scriptures. You are not to enter a worship service and not hear public reading of God's word. Something is missing if public reading of the scriptures is not there. If the teaching of God's word is not there, something is terribly wrong. Number two, specific way of worshipping God acceptably in his gathered assembly is prayer. We are to pray. First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 to 4. <clears throat> First of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. So you see there that, again, Paul is writing to Timothy, giving him directions for the church. And so it's, it's in the same chapter that we read that women should not teach or be in authority over men. It's in the same book that we read the qualifications of those who are to lead the church. And so Paul is giving Timothy instructions on how the church should conduct itself. And so then when we are gathered, there shouldn't lack prayers, supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings. And so then the specific way of worshipping God acceptably 
in the gathered assembly of God's people, number two is we are to pray. Number three, we are to sing. Number one, we read and we expose or we preach God's word. Number two, we pray. Number three, we sing. We are to sing. Go with me to Ephesians. Chapter 5, verse 18. Again, the Apostle Paul is writing to a church. Um, in chapter 1 of Ephesians, he says, To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, and then he writes, he writes to them. So he's writing to a church. And what does he say in Ephesians 5.18? Someone read that for us. Okay, so we see there that uh, the people of God are to be filled with the Spirit of God. And then they are to address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with their hearts. And so when you gather with God's people, you are to sing. You're to sing what? Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord with your hearts. Now, notice there that worshipping God in spirit is encapsulated because we are to make melody with our heart. It's, it's to be genuine. It's, it's to be from within that we sing to the Lord. Uh, so the idea of singing in the gathered assembly of God's people is, is not a man-made idea. The scriptures do prescribe this. The Apostle Paul tells the Ephesians how they are to conduct themselves. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1, sorry, chapter 3, Colossians 3, 16. Someone read Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with them. So you see there, <clears throat> uh, three things. Number one, the reading, the exposing of God's word to God's people when they are gathered is there. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. That's made possible by the dwelling richly of God's word in God's people. Number two, there is the singing, which is our third point under worshipping God accept acceptably in, in the church. Singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs 
And then number three is to be in spirit. It's to be with a genuine heart. With thankfulness in your heart to God. So we read and expose the scriptures. We pray. We sing. And then number four. Uh, lastly, we perform the ordinances. We are to perform the ordinances. We are to perform the ordinances. In Acts chapter 2 verse 42, we read that they devoted themselves to the uh, apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Now I should have mentioned there in the second point on prayer that Acts 2.42 also falls there. Under prayer, Acts 2.42 falls there. We are to devote ourselves to prayer. Then on that last, last point on the ordinances, we are to devote ourselves to the breaking of bread. So, so go with me to Acts Acts 2.41 and 42. And this is where we find the ordinance of baptism which admits people in the church. Uh, after they profess faith, they repent of their sins and trust in Christ, they are baptized. And then they, they are to devote themselves to the breaking of bread. So we read there in verse 41. So they, th those who received his word were baptized. So that's an aspect of public worship. They were baptized. Of course, uh, baptism is public uh, in the presence of God and presence of, of many witnesses. And then in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And so when we gather, these elements shouldn't be absent. Uh, we may differ on how many times to do them. Should we do the Lord's Supper every Sunday or once a, once a month or twice a month? That can be different, but it shouldn't be completely uh, neglected. It shouldn't be completely absent. It should be present in the gathered assembly of God's people. And so this is the way, the specific way of worshipping God. When we are gathered as His people, the way we worship God is we read and we preach God's word. Number one. Number two, we we pray number three we sing and number four we devote ourselves to the ordinances we perform the ordinances baptism and the lord's supper i'd like to give you an opportunity to ask questions again Yes. <clears throat> what about offerings? What about offerings? Good question. Um, I haven't put the giving of God's people as a specific way of worshipping God because one can offer at any time. Um, there are instances in the scriptures where the Apostle Paul tells uh, the people of God to offer when they meet on the Lord's day um, so that when he comes there will be no need for uh, collecting offerings uh, 
but then the reason why uh we uh we are not putting it under a specific way of worshiping god acceptably is because one can offer one can give offering uh at any other time that is not specifically when god's people are gathered mepata so of the offerings can be taken any other time you can get money in the course of the week you don't need god's people to gather for you to offer so then uh, that makes it more lean on the general uh way of worshiping god than the specific way this is particularly when god's people are gathered these are the things that must happen and so the elements there are the word prayer singing and ordinances so if you can have a picture of a table picture in your mind a table a table that has three columns eh easy columns tatu ni elements form and maze we need a uh, we need a blackboard or a whiteboard it was it would be easier for me to write it for you so that you may note it down but uh, bear with me for now the table has three columns element form circumstance the elements must be there and the elements are the word prayer singing and the ordinances they must be there they cannot lack then under form eh uh, this is how do we do these things the form asks how do we conduct ourselves regarding this element of the word we preach we teach we do a bible study and so on and so forth so we we preach we teach we do bible study we read this all this is under the element of the word then the circumstance the, the circumstance is um is the way it, the way it's done should we use microphones or not you know when we are reading god's word should we stand or should we sit that's that's the circumstance when should we read the scriptures when should we preach you know should we begin with preaching when the service begins and that's that's the circumstance so we can differ on all those other things the we can differ on the 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 way we the way we 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 go about uh reading the scriptures right we can defend that not as we shouldn't read a whole a whole passage um we 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 should read one chap one chapter per sunday we can defend that we should read half a chapter per sunday that one we can differ on but we can't defend the element it must be there the word of god must be read the word of god must be preached the word of god must be taught it must be studied then we have prayer the form tells us how we do it so the second element is prayer 
the form is how do we do it we we are we give god adoration in our prayer we confess our sins we give thanks we and then we give our supplications so the form tells us how we how we are to do it mukona mimi mnaona hiyo table element form circumstance element ya kwanza the word element ya pili prayer form yeah the word ni we read we preach we uh, teach we do bible study so the form tells us how we how we do the elements so in prayer we adore god we uh, give thanks we confess our sins we you know we make our supplications and then the circumstance the circumstance is where we we do not have a specific way of doing it how do we when do we give the adoration should we give adoration 5 minutes and supplications 10 minutes how should we go about it that's the circumstance opportunities are different but the element must be there which is prayer the third element singing we must sing the psalms we must sing the hymns we must sing spiritual songs we must sing to god that's the gist of 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 that we must give god the praise that is due to him um it it should be done by the congregation it, sh- it should not be done by me singing here and you you hearing how good my voice is or seeing how good i am in whatever i'm doing no every single person gathered for the worship of god should sing should be congregational and then we can differ whether to we use a projector or we use hymn books we can differ whether we we use apps on our phones we can differ on that but the singing must not lack then lastly we have the ordinances baptism and the lord's supper someone wants to join us they haven't been baptized we must baptize them that's an element of worship um then Uh, we can baptize them um, the circumstance of baptizing them we might differ when you know that someone you must be baptized in jordan where christ was baptized in or in a river wengine kama sisi tunasema maji ni maji whether ni a swimming pool so you can differ on that but the ordinance must be there the lord's supper it must be uh there must be the cup there must be the bread whether bread ni super loaf ama broadways we can differ but the ordinance of the lord's supper must be there unapata any question and so if you think about this the idea that worship is singing is sujiatani semeaje it's very it, it it minimizes the intensity of what worship is um you have to be worshiping god whether you're singing or not with your whole mind 
with your whole heart, soul, strength. And so, we do worship when we sing, but that's not all it means to worship. So, all music is worship music. visit your friend. We've been encouraging you to visit one another. Tenda kubishti yako pata yako na sabufa. Ambi, hey, niyaji uneza play some worship music. Alafu yako ambi, hey, music zangu zote ni worship. <laughs> because all singing is worshiping God. So we do not believe in the concept of having an pra- a praise and worship session. The entire service is a worship service. Because we are worshipping God through the reading of God's word, the preaching of God's word, the prayers, the songs, the ordinances that we take. Questions, comments, interactions? Of course we can... We have the time during the triplet where we can engage more. Uh, you have <clears throat> at least a whole day to think about uh, to think about this. But are you worshiping God? That's the question that I would like to leave you with. Do you know God? God must be worshipped, my dear friends. He must be worshipped. And woe unto you if you are not found worshipping God. Because God specifically says that no one else is to be worshipped. It's only Him who is to be given adoration and praise and complete and utmost devotion. Only God. Therefore, you are to strive to worship Him with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole strength, with the whole of your mind. You are to strive to worship God when you're, when you're at home, when you're at school, when you're at work, when you're walking, when, when you're doing whatever you're doing. When you especially gather with God's people, you are to strive to worship God. You are to strive to sing, you are to strive to hear both the reading and the preaching of God's word. And so when God's word is being read, it's just that we don't have deacons. So people just come in. When we get deacons, they'll be standing there. When God's word is read, everything should be still. God is speaking. Everyone should bow. That's the heaviness of worship. So you have to strive to hear what is God saying. There's a sense in which you're being called to go back to true worship. This superficial kind of worshiping God, where you come, you come to church whenever you want. You know, even coming to church on time is worshiping God. Because you know God's people are gathered to worship the King. And so the, the superficiality that people have in worshiping God shouldn't be there in our midst my dear friends we are to worship God 
the way he requires us to worship him. And this way then, we are giving him acceptable worship. If you have a gift of dancing, dance at home. Dancing is not an element of worship. We will not allow it. We will praise the Lord with you that you have, you know, you have a great voice. You can form a band. But then when God's people are gathered, we will all sing together. We will not sit or stand there and watch you with your exemplary gifts. No. God's people are to sing to God. God's people are to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, worship is such a broad, it's such a broad topic that I'm not able to cover everything. Um, but then there is an orderliness that worship should have. And so then, uh, explaining why we don't everyone sing, sing and jump on, jump up, up, up and down the way they feel the music or pray from here to there or in your own corner there. There is a way we do these things because worship should be orderly. But then, Lord willing, we, we will deal with all these things uh, as we continue gathering together um, the praise and glory of God's name. Let's, let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we bow before you. We thank you for where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are with them. We thank you for gracing us with your presence that we do not need to invite you you are present with us. We thank you that you have been gracious to communicate to us in your word of how we are to worship you. Forbid it, Lord, that we should be like Nathan, uh, uh, Nadab and Abihu who offer strange fire and are stricken down. Forbid it, Lord, that we should be like Uzzah, who wants to hold the Ark of the Covenant and um, is stricken down for doing that which God says should not be done. Help us to worship you the way that we should the way that we ought and not in the way that we always do. Help us to worship you acceptably the way you prescribed to us in your word. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth, in word, uh, <clears throat> in, 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 in prayer, in song, in the ordinances. Help us to reverently come before you in awe of your splendor and majesty Help us, Lord, to bow before the King of Kings when we are gathered as your people 
and all the days of your life of our lives thank you that you've given us this lord's day that should rejuvenate us help us see what worship looks like and uh, propel us to worship you every single day thank you that you've given us this lord's day as a slice of heaven here on earth that we we are doing we would be doing what we will we will forever do in your presence in all eternity which is bowing before your presence help us now as we get into our morning worship service lead us through all things may your name be glorified and these things we pray in jesus name